Welcome to Back on the Broomstick, a modern witch's spoken word grimoire, where two witchy friends from way back are reconnecting to their pagan roots after a long period of mundanity. We're rewalking the path of the wise and trying out all the latest spells, rituals, and magical theory in today's witchcraft and pagan practices. So grab your wand and your incense, your cauldron and your crystals, and join us as we get Back back on the Broomstick. Hi, and welcome to episode 42 of Back on the Broomstick. On this episode, we'll be talking about Yule, the winter solstice, some ritual ideas and ways to celebrate the season. I'm Shell. And I'm Layla. Now, I look at them as two different things. Can I just start off with that? I'm just going to jump right into the fire here. I look at the winter solstice and Yule as almost like two different things. Am I crazy? Am I the only one? Am I some freakish person? No. For some people, Yule is the celebration that's very much like Christmas. It's a celebration of family, of togetherness, of gift giving, of celebrating the crafts that you've made to help you get through the winter. And for some people... The winter solstice is more of of a religious celebration. It's the return of the light. It's the shortest day and the longest night. It's the time when you go inward a little more spiritually and work to bring about the return of the light. So for some, Yule is more of a secular celebration, a family gift-giving celebration, and the winter solstice is more of the religious celebration. Because I guess I look at it as, and if if you listened to our other episode about Yule type stuff, you'll hear me say this. I feel like Yule and Christmas are more like a together thing, and that the winter solstice is like a separate and apart from that. That's just me. I'm just saying. The winter solstice is December 21st, and it's when the tilt of the Earth's axis makes us have the longest night of the year and the shortest day. So it's the celebration of the idea of the sun returning. We're in the darkest part of the year and we're just getting darker and gloomier. And so we need a little bit of a celebration to know that the sun is coming back after that longest night. So we celebrate how thankful we are that it has returned. You know, I am not a fan of these early nights, just putting that out there, by the way. (laughs) And as much as I, I, I feel that, It almost feels like it just lingers for like two weeks after that. It does. I feel like the planets stop moving for two weeks and it's like the longest two weeks of my life. Honestly, I had the hardest time with the concept that the light half of the year begins at Yule because it's still freaking dark. It's dark till like freaking March. Exactly. But that's the beginning of the light half of the year. That's when the days begin to get longer again and the light starts to return. But we're still kind of in the thick of it. And so a lot of Yule celebrations recognize that. They recognize that we're bored, we're cooped up, we're cold, and it's freaking dark. And we and need if, something to celebrate. And if, if, if you are one of our Southern Hemisphere listeners... I could say the same thing about the summer solstice here where I'm at anyway, in, in the Northeast, uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, Northeast of America, you know, we have our longest day in June and shit, it hasn't even hardly barely gotten warm by then, <laughs> you know, like it's barely warm by the summer solstice. So I feel like I'm getting gypped here. But for our for our friends in the Southern Hemisphere, you know, you're kind of experiencing that longest day. So you're having pretty much the exact opposite of what we're we're about to experience here. Yep. So with the longest night, Yule is one of the solar festivals, whether you celebrate it on its own 
or as part of the winter solstice, it is a, a sun-based or a solar-based festival. Which is so weird because it's like the darkest night. Right, exactly. And a lot of, uh, especially if you're more Wiccan-based in practice, you might celebrate Kernunos this time of year in his form as the Holly King and the Oak King, the story of the two of them fighting for supremacy. During the light half of the year, the Oak King reigns, and during the dark half of the year, the Holly King reigns. The Holly King has died, and so now we're kind of like in this in-between period where the Oak King is about to come back as the sun and to reign over the light half of the year. Remember when we did that ritual for the the community we were involved in and we had two guys sword fight and had them play the Oak King and the Holly King? That was great. I'm just saying. That was great. (laughs) There's a lot of things that you can do to celebrate. Again, light and sun and anything that represents that is going to be a big part of any rituals or spells that you do this time of year. The idea of that light growing. And, you know, another thing that, that you can do, um, I, I like lighting a candle, a single candle, you know, I could probably like do like some birthday candle bullshit, but a single candle just as a representation um, of that light coming back. And the key thing to me putting it out is because I light it as a representation of the light coming back, I make sure that that is a candle that I snuff out and not blow out. And we can get into that in another time in another episode, but I don't want to blow out the coming light. I mean, maybe that's, that's a weird a metaphor for me, but it feels wrong. So I snuff out that candle. If you listen to our episode last week where we talked about Yule traditions, folk traditions and crafts that you could do, one of my family's traditions to symbolize the time period between Yule and Christmas and to also represent the growing light is to have four candles starting on Yule the 21st and then lighting an additional candle each night until Christmas to again represent the growth of that light. It gets more and more every night. My mind's way less that I just I sit here and light a candle. <laughs> I speak some words. (laughs) If you can have a candle on that night to represent the light, just turn out all the lights in your house maybe and then light that one candle. If you're lucky enough to be able to have a fire in your yard or in a fireplace, burning a Yule log that you've put your wishes for the coming year on or things that you're thankful for. A lot of people are really gathering around this tradition. I mean, it's really pretty. The idea that you can take a piece of a tree Some people use part of the trunk of the previous year's Christmas tree. Some people just go chop a tree or buy a piece of a tree. You can also make it out of cake or cookies. But the history of the Yule log is definitely pagan. In a lot of Scandinavian and Germanic traditions, they would burn a tree, like a whole enormous tree, for the entirety of the Yule celebration, which typically was about 12 days or longer. And then on the 12th night, they would burn it down to the very last bit, the stump that they would keep in the house. And that would be a spell of protection that would keep the house safe from fires and lightning strikes, according to superstition. But the idea is it's similar to a Christmas tree, bringing in some greenery, bringing in something from the past that will help to protect your home and also putting candles on it to celebrate the return of the light. If you have the ability to have a bonfire, that is also good, although not all of us have that wonderful ability. But if you do, that is also a good way. And hey, if unlike Shell, if you're interested in staying up to see the dawn, a really nice thing to do is to stay up all night for that longest night. 
Have a feast with your friends. Have a night where you tell each other Yule ghost stories. Have a night where you do a big gaming night or something. Stay up all night doing ritual, doing magic, just being with your family, and then celebrate that first light of sun as it comes up. Really be there for those first few moments after that longest night. Celebrate that first light. I love the concept, but <laughs> I, I love sleep more. I'm just saying. Absolutely. But there, there are other things you can do, like... If there is a light snow, because I do I do live in an area where snow on Yule is actually a possibility. If there is snow, I like to go out for a walk in that peaceful, y'all know what I'm talking about if you're in a snowy area, that peaceful snowfall where it's just kind of you in the snow. Does that make sense? There's nothing like the sound of the forest during a snowfall or the sound of the city during the snowfall. If you're able to get outside, this is a great time of year to do so, even just for a minute and then go back into your warm, snug home. Well, what I what I had done um, a couple of years ago, I want to say this might have been, I don't know, six, seven years ago. I was in Salem uh, for Yule. It was before I had actually moved here, but I was here for Yule visiting. I don't know what time it was, but it was after midnight and Yes, I'm a smoker. Don't judge me. I had run out of cigarettes and the closest store was like three blocks away from where my hotel was. And all by myself at like 1.30 in the morning, I walked down to this gas station to get cigarettes. And it was just like light snow. Not a soul is out barely. And it was just me walking through town. And, you know, people always say, when's the best time to come to Salem? When's your favorite time of year in Salem? It is in the middle of the night in a light snowfall when it's just you in this town in the snow. That's beautiful. And that's probably my most favorite Yule in at least the last 10 years. There was no ritual. There was no spells. It was just me walking alone through Salem at damn one o'clock in the morning with that light snowfall and nothing beats that. And that was probably more of a spiritual experience than five rituals combined. I think there's really something to be said for the quiet this time of year, for those quiet moments where it's just the starshine. Maybe it's something about the lights, just a little bit of a twinkling light and, and that stillness and finding that quiet and stillness in yourself. Those to me have been the most powerful rituals I have ever done this time of year is when it was dark and quiet and introspective. And the very first Yule I ever did with our community in the Southern tier of New York was a Yule ritual. And it was indoors at the UU church. And the woman who had the role of the goddess was about eight months pregnant. And so she was portraying the pregnant goddess and was very much physically pregnant. And it was just such a powerful moment in that room in the dark with just a little bit of candlelight and this heavily pregnant woman dressed all in white. And we were just all quietly going up and talking about the gifts that we wanted to give the son that was about to be born. Right. And it was just very still and quiet and beautiful. And that's kind of what it feels like when you're outside at midnight going to, you know, midnight mass on Christmas Eve or walking the streets of Salem to get cigarettes in a snowfall. It's that moment of stillness at the very last moment of the darkest nights. Well, I know that we, we talked about this during Samhain time and 
a lot of people look at Samhain as like the time to go within and get introspective. I ain't got time for that. You know, I got fall activities. You know, we've got Thanksgiving. I got some holiday stuff coming with my kids. You know, I can't be doing that. I I look at Yule is where I end up going kind of that going within that introspection because tis the season to kind of regroup and not that I'm a believer in New Year's resolutions because those are just lies you tell to yourself, but it's definitely a good time to regroup for the, the coming year, whether you're steadfast on October 31st being the new year or December 31st starting the new year. Either way, it is this time of year to get your shit together and kind of plan out, you know, the next steps. And I look at kind of from Yule to Imbolc as a mental regrouping period. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I see it as well. It's it's this kind of you've done all the work that you could do in the lush time of the year. And as everything was dying, you've hopefully put it all away and prepared for this dark time of your life of the year. Reaped what you've sown. Yeah, and now you have to sit with it for good or for bad and decide what you're going to do differently or the same next year. Exactly. And that can be hard. It can be good. It can be so many different things. But taking that time to go within and to be quiet in the dark is important, I think. And and that's exactly what you're doing now. And I'm I'm loving the idea of the 12 days of Yule between the solstice and the calendar new year. Take care of yourself. Take that time and then start plotting out how you're going to have your shit together next go around. The idea of the 12 days of Yule really fits with my whole theory that these last two weeks of the year are like the lost two weeks. But The idea of 12 days has been around longer than the 12 days of Christmas. According to Martin McGranigan, to Nordic people, the sun was vitally important, as you can imagine. So as the days got shorter and shorter and the nights got colder and more deadly, looking forward to the return of the sun was really important. And so leading up to that longest night, that's when they would start to stock up the larder. They'd slaughter animals, they'd start getting out the casks of mead and beer and all the food. And then beginning right around the solstice, they would start almost two weeks of revelry and excess, just enjoying everything. No work was done, differences were set aside, people made merry, they gave gifts, they feasted, they enjoyed time with family and friends. And basically, they kept that time period pretty much sacred. Now, Nordic peoples weren't the only ones who thought that this time of year was a little off. The Celts also felt that things were a little weird celestially this time of year. They felt that on the winter solstice, the Earth stood still. Because of the way the Earth's axis is tilted, on the solstice, when the sun rises and hits its peak at noon and then sets, for about three days, it doesn't appear to move across the sky. So it really does look like the Earth has stopped. And so the the Celtic people thought that this was the time when the Fae would come running and end their wild hunt. And so everyone would stay inside in order to stay safe from the Fae, and they would feast and make merry. So I've kind of taken this whole 12-day celebration, and I start the day before the solstice, and that's what's called Mother's Night. And that's when you honor your ancestors and do all of that going within work. And then each day after that, leading up to December 31st, represents a different trait or characteristic and also a different month of the year. It's kind of like a 
a mini cycle wrapping up the whole year in 12 days, literally at the end of the year. So it kind of takes care of that weird liminal space feeling because each day has its own representation. And then on December 31st, it's the end. You kind of burn those logs, you burn your wishes, you get rid of the old year and get ready to start the new. And if you're interested in that, pretty soon we'll have an article up on the website, backonthebroomstick.com. Now you've mentioned that you very much see Yule and the winter solstice as different. And, and I feel I see them pretty much as the same. Can you say some of the differences that you see between the two? I look at the solstice in everything that it is, you know, the longest night. I guess I kind of look at it more as the solar aspect of the holiday and then kind of put the whole, I don't know, maybe it's just I replace the Jesus thing with the Oak King and the Holly King. I don't know. So it's like Yule Christmas and, and the solstice is the solstice and then Yule is like Yule Christmas. Right. And I, I think part of that is also because my former husband and myself, as much as we were both 110% witches and, and pagans and, and what have you, we still had very, very, very Christian families that were very deep in our children's lives. And you tell my father we don't celebrate Christmas. Okay? <laughs> I dare you. So, you know, part of it, really kind of was convenience for the kids in the beginning. You know, that that's a damn good point. We have a lot of listeners who are in the same kind of situation. They can't be openly pagan or they have to also incorporate, you know, other family members, different religious beliefs into this time. The good news is, is it's not that hard to do. Right, right. I mean, you know, as you well know, my ex-in-laws were freaking youth ministers in a Roman Catholic church, for God's sakes. Like, these are my kids' other grandparents. <laughs> like, okay, we're not having Christmas. What? I, I guess it was, I had to meld the two to make it work for, for my family and my children's family. And, you know, even after divorce and the whole kit and caboodle, my children's grandparents have always been very respectful as I have always been, and in, in my ex-husband has always been very respectful of their beliefs. We just found a way to make it work within our kids' lives, I guess, you know? Well, as I was researching this episode and talking to other pagans, a story that you mentioned in our last episode about finding a Yule log in your Christian mother's attic amongst her other Christmas decorations, that rang true with everyone that I spoke to. It was very, very easy for them to incorporate their pagan beliefs, even if they were still in the broom closet with their Christian relatives, because the ceremonies and the decorations are so similar. Honestly, you take all the pagan holidays in the wheel of the year, and this is like the only one you could totally outwardly celebrate and go under the radar. And even when I saw people online talking about it, the most common advice that I heard from people when asked how to celebrate Christmas and Yule together was basically, do Christmas, take Jesus out. Right, right. Everything else, except for the story of Jesus and the nativity and, and the wise men and all that, everything else has pagan roots. The decorations, the lights, 
the light com- the sun s u n not s o n coming back and being reborn the present giving the wassailing the bringing in greenery the mistletoe all of it is pagan it's all pagan from top to bottom so just do that and some people would just kind of incorporate slightly more natural crafts and decorations like the dried oranges and the you know the natural herbs and the rosemary wreaths and things like that but yeah it's pretty easy like you said to go under the radar if you're pagan celebrating yule i think you nailed it on the head right when you said celebrate christmas just take jesus out of it and that's a really good way to keep you know your relatives happy because it it still looks like you're celebrating christmas and you know in my case it was we had a little bit of yule miss i guess right right <laughs> right and i think a lot of people are like and i hope that's not disrespectful to christians but you know it is what it is and 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 that's a really good way for people to to kind of survive through i just know that that in in my family and my extended family they actually welcomed it as opposed to finding it disrespectful because as the parent of their grandchildren they wanted to find a common ground so that they got what they wanted and yet i still got my way as the parent you know what i mean yeah both sides totally accommodated each other and as you know we rocked it my kids never were confused and celebrated everything i mean our situation we rocked it same with us and and again it's it's pretty easy to do this time of year and to have your own ritual i like to do it on the 21st on the solstice itself because there is something very magical about the celestial event that is the longest night and then the dawn that comes back you know it's just very hopeful for the soul that's that's that whole meaning of this season right is it's like being kind to each other because it's so dark and cold we have to rely on each other and to be hopeful that that sun will come back that the light will come back in the middle of all the darkness there's just something intensely magical about this season just naturally well i i do think that everybody is in the the dark time and in the cold time and it kind of reminds you we're all in this shit show together man help one another out you know donate to a charity Get on your local buy nothing group and donate all the decorations that you don't use any longer. Try regifting or reusing something. Being generous goes a long way and it doesn't take a lot to be generous. That's true. That's another very very good reminder this time of year because again we need each other to get through. Historically, you know, people back in the day needed each other to get through these dark times. And so give to each other, give handmade gifts, give things that help people remember that the sun and the warmth are coming back and and help each other through these dark and cold nights. You know, speaking of give each other handmade gifts, <gasps> are you making more bath bombs this year? Please tell me you're making more bath bombs. Please, 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 please. I was actually thinking of making bath bombs just because you've mentioned yes! like so many damn times. <laughs> I wasn't hinting much. Maybe I need to to resurrect my bath bomb spell and I'll have to put pictures up when I do it, but Yes. Now, speaking of handmade gifts, for the longest time back when we had our coven, Shell every year for Yule would make these lovely incenses bath salts, bath bombs, oils, all sorts of lovely, heavenly, scrumptious smelling stuff. And she would make them individual for each person every year. Why not? Why not? (laughs) 
fabulous gifts. And the dark time of the year gives people a lot of time on their hands historically. Maybe not so much now. Everyone's working like three different freaking jobs. But historically, people had a lot of time to do crafts. So handmade gifts now this time of year are traditional and are fabulous as Shell's old tradition of giving people handmade incenses or bath bombs of some sort could attest. You know, I'd rather make you something. And this is exactly why I made them individualized for each one of you guys. I would rather make you something like that that is so awesome and special and magical and, well, the best thing you ever had, just saying, (laughs) as opposed to like, I hate spending money on shit that people don't want. That is my biggest pet peeve. I would rather you tell me what you want and get it than waste money. So I always thought of of the the gift giving with the coven, especially, is a way for me to give my magic without it being something stupid. And it was always very well received. I mean, a handmade gift is so freaking thoughtful. I will take that over something commercial or plastic any day of the week. And I'm so, so thankful that the last few years has really seen a resurgence in that of people being more thoughtful in their gifts, a little less consumerist, you know? And I and I think that's that's a beautiful way to honor the season. Okay, listeners is my witness. People back me up here. Layla's called me out on the bath bombs in about, <laughs> I would say the last five episodes. I've caved, I'm gonna do it. And in return, somebody is going to make me one of their dried freaking fruit garlands. People, you better you better be checking with me to make sure I get this. And I'm going to tell you if I don't get it. If I get it, I'm going to post pictures. But if she's getting bath bombs, I want a damn dried fruit garland, okay? All right. All right. It's a deal. It's a deal. See handmade gifts, man. They're so much fun. And maybe, 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 maybe if y'all are lucky and we remember, because, you know, tis the season for us to forget shit, maybe we will be able to provide pictures on our Facebook and Instagram of us crafting such things. Thank you guys so much. Please like our Instagram. Check us out. Also, please check out our Facebook at Back on the Broomstick. We have some interesting things up there as well. We will be putting up some of our crafts and hopefully Shell will give out at least one recipe. You don't have to give them out all, but, you know, at least one recipe for your famous Yule gifts. You know what? Maybe I'll just shock the shit out of you and come up with a new one. Ooh, all right. One special just for our listeners. Perfect. Exactly. So check us out on all the socials. And please, 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 once again, like, share, star us, rate us, and shoot us an email. Tell us what you think. Give us some ideas. Tell us your story. Back on the broomstick at gmail.com. Be wise, be wicked, and as always, keep it witchy. Happy Yule. (laughs) 